Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hey, 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 it's Faye OJ and you're tuned into The Motion, where we get conversation moving in the best way possible. From music to culture to politics to fashion, this podcast is guaranteed to get your emotions in motion. Each episode, I'm joined by some guests with conflicting opinions, and they engage in a little bit of a tug of war with my opinion, hoping to sway my vote to their side. On today's bonus episode, as the title suggests, we're going to be looking at why the winners of each debate won the debate, what it was that really tipped them over. We're also going to be answering a few more Q&As. If you haven't listened yet, there will be a few spoilers in here. So maybe tune out for a bit, go listen to a few episodes and come back. Or if you don't really care, keep on listening. Regardless, let's get into it. Question one. What made you choose the name The Motion? So I'm just going to take you through some of the alternatives. <laughs> These are terrible. These are actually terrible. We had R&R, Rebuttal or Reason, THB, This House Believes, Agree to Disagree. This is a, <laughs> this is a good one. I see your point, but okay. Like what? Yeah, so um, the motion was like the second out of all of those. I liked R and R in terms of um, the alliteration, but not really rebuttal or reason. So the motion was like a lot punchier, and also gonna give it to my boy Drizzy Drake. I guess that's just the motion. What are you doing, mate? Doing a lot, doing a lot. The motion. I was literally like, okay, that song could be the tune that we use, but like copyright said no. Dream collaboration. Honestly, not in terms of like a person, but I want to get people on who, who are actual polar opposites. Like I'm talking about a Carla and Katie Hopkins. Polarizing opinions. I want to really see as a challenge, like how I would be able to navigate that conversation. Or then people like Charlemagne and Joe Budden, like people who are used to just having their way and then setting those people against each other. So people with massive egos, basically. I really want to have on the motion one day. How do you pick your guests for each week? So this is actually probably the hardest thing because I have to not only find a topic that's relatively relevant, I have to find two people who are on opposite sides of the motion and who are like exciting and interesting etc etc. Sometimes I will like approach people who I know are podcasting in two, so like the 2Gs in a pod or the Chatterbox podcast or Lost in Source, probably the most standardised method. Occasionally I've also put things out on my story, like this is the topic, who's interested, but I don't like doing that because I don't like giving too much away in terms of what the topic is you know I like to hold my topics close to my chest so I try to avoid that as much as possible honestly I think I'm just blessed to have a lot of friends or a lot of people in my network who are like just doing bits and who have a lot to say it's a risk like some people could come on and be dead it hasn't happened yet especially with people that like I don't know as well you may be an expert but are you interesting and so far everyone has been so you know we give all praise to Jar for that one but 
all these favorite like people are like what's been your favorite moment who are your favorite guests like i can't do that man we the energy changes up each week so it's really hard to have like a favorite moment i say the favorite moment was when uwe shared the afrobeats pose i was like what if you follow us on instagram at the emotion underscore you'll know that after the afrobeats episode episode two of season two i did like a collation of all the genres we mentioned in that episode and part of it you know as a bit of banter i put in uwe Vortner, who's like this german guy and he like covers himself in his car like singing everything from like digger d to like further boy and everything and his pronunciation is on point so i included him in this collation and he reshared the video and i was like what it's crazy though he's an actual legend he has like 1.8 million followers and he's even aside from that he's just jokes also launching on radio was like really fun i just felt like wow i'm actually i'm actually doing something like i'm actually doing something also got an add-in being called trump because i think a hot dog is not a sandwich you gotta love it. Oh, and then debating last week. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of gas. Listen back to the episode. Still, it sound like an idiot. Like, and it's football. Like, I'm a football fan, but like, I, I'm not gonna. I'm a fake football fan. I dip in and out. So the fact that I like was chatting and I knew my stuff. I was just like, let go. A debate that made me change my opinion. I'm pretty staunch in my opinion, to be completely honest with you. What I do love about the debates is that they give me new perspectives rather than, like, completely change my opinion. It makes sense why I, like, am in the middle because I feel like I do really appreciate nuances in the conversation. So it's hard to completely change my opinion if my opinion is not, like, one way to the left or one way to the right. Things aren't black and white. But one thing that actually really did change my opinion is does abolition really mean anarchy? I don't know if it was a debate or just more, like, research that led to the debate, but... I was genuinely like, abolition it sounds like the dumbest thing ever. Like, I was literally like, come on, like, let's be realistic. And it's not like I feel like it's less dumb, uh, but I just feel like it doesn't make any sense to, to not fight for full abolition. If you're fighting for, like, defunding or, like, um, even reform, if you actually want real change, there's no way to get real change in this system. Like, that's fact. So it's like, if you're going to be about it, be all the way about it or don't be about it at all. Who is your Spider-Man? Tobey Maguire versus Tom Holland. I was not supposed to do that debate. Unfortunately, the guests had to drop out on that day. And I am literally so against Tobey Maguire. And I had to defend Tobey Maguire. And that changed my opinion. In a way. Like, I, I was very surprised at the amount of points I could come up with. So I'd say, like, roughly changed my Tobey Maguire. But the guy is still so moist, man. As Spider-Man. Not him personally, but as Spider-Man. <laughs> So how did you get into the podcasting biz? I've been a presenter for about four to five years now. Started on YouTube and then in uni I did a few more like live shows where I also started a student radio show called Bangers and Mash where we play bangers and mash up the place. You already know what it is. And I had a podcast with two friends, Davide and Rocky, called Under Construction Podcast, which is still under construction. That was probably like my first insight into podcasting as in actually doing a podcast before that the first podcast i've ever listened to i say it every time they're on is the chatterbox podcast they've been guests twice now and that was like my intro into the podcast like world like, and i've been on their podcast twice now so then yeah I, i'm gonna say it was actually the chatterbox podcast that actually showed me into the world and then mixed with my experience on youtube radio and Now let's get into why some people won. 
I always find it funny when people's argument is not consistent. I can't lie, you put me in a tough situation, Joel. That's what the host does. That's the first time I'm, he I'm hearing of that. Yet another inconsistency in Davy's <laughs> argument. That's an excellent point you brought up there. I, I must commend you. You wasn't ready. I can't lie, I don't really have much to say about that one still, <laughs> no. In terms of being able to get those questions in that maybe are harder to answer and things like that. I would give the edge to Ife. I think Ife is just about. I wasn't deciding who won because obviously I was debating. I brought it and of course I won because I was the best. There's not much to say about that. Shout out to Dami though. He brought the game but he couldn't bring the game to the game maker. I think there's a key distinction that we have to make here between free speech and hate speech. It's already illegal to use words that are threatening and abusive, that intend to harass and distress people. Are you calling Katie Hopkins a liberation activist? Are you making that equivocation? Yesterday I watched Fox News for the first time and <laughs> it was genuinely hilarious and I genuinely hadn't heard people try and put like A and Z together to make like 14 <laughs> in a while. You're a math student aren't you as well? So. I am, I am a math student. <laughs> So personally block or permanently ban. The reason why Pranav won is because I think we've all established that none of these things solve the root causes of these issues, but I really feel like banning is literally a plaster. It's a bit like when this whole, we're gonna remove Little Britain, I felt like they were dancing around the actual issues of what it was and sort of trivialising it. And I felt like Pranav's alternative of actually providing more information, whether people will listen or not, or saying this is misinformation, here where you go for the real news here's the real source it's just a lot more closer to the root it's that point that a lot of these people are still on there they're just not Casey Hopkins they just don't have the platform that she does so it's even worse in my opinion because it's hidden and I think another thing was that while I don't really want to see people spewing hatred I don't trust the internet we've seen cases where it's very easy to get um, people to believe a certain thing and it's just like right now it's what's like left that is being championed but imagine as soon as that changes and then all the left people are having their accounts removed it's not consistent so i um don't want to go into the wiley situation because i think it's you know quite sensitive and um, i completely disagree with everything he said i think he should have been removed but i think you just have to ask why did it take 10 or whatever so years for Katie Hopkins and, and 15 hours for Wiley. When things aren't fair and when things aren't consistent, I find it very hard to back that side of the argument. And so I think that's what won Pranav that debate. My guy Ryan Kaji, I don't know how old, I think he's six. 22 yep. million a year. Ayawande, you're saying parents will parent, but humans will human. What sane human is turning down 22 million a year? You know when you guys were young and you'd go to parties, dance, 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 you make some money, or your uncle comes to your house, hey, if they're 50 pounds, here you go. Where and are your you parents going took that this? money. <laughs> Where are you going with this? And you gave your parents that money, for example, like, oh, my uncle gave me 50 pounds, bloody, 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 blah. Are you saying that your parents were exploiting you by what they chose to fam, do with that fam, money later on? I am on? so glad you asked that question. I probably have about a thousand pounds claim yeah, to agreed. the money okay. that people gave me as a kid that my parents said they'll look after. Where is it? Are infant influencers glorified child labourers? This was the first episode of this season. We launched on radio. It was such a fun episode. And in the end, Ayawande won. Ayawande's opinion was that 
they are not glorified child laborers. In this debate, I can't lie, I, I was not neutral. I was not neutral. I was literally on the side of Oi Lola. And I feel like despite that, I want they still came with like new examples. The point about child athletes as well. And also when I just had to ask myself, would I would I want this for my child? Take care of their future? Yeah. So I think it was a mixture of things and it was the fact that she really did bring those like niche nuance points and I think she really did she really did do her side of the motion well despite the fact that she sort of had like two people like coming against her so props to UI one day like that was a really good debate from my understanding of where like the study of mise-en-scene came from mise-en-scene sorry <laughs> it's a French term. So mise-en-scene is like basically everything that's happening in the frame I thought about a whole group of film that fails in all areas that are still so enjoyable and it's Nigerian films I am Nigerian myself so <laughs> I can say this they are awful someone will shoot someone and the person will die on the other side of the road five minutes later <laughs> I think that's just like a whole culture that's like needed regardless of how you feel emotionally towards a chair it's gonna support you hopefully is there such thing as a bad film? The idea that goes behind this classification, this Hollywood classification of what a good film and what a bad film is and how that's really snobby and like elitist, the Oscars and all of that, and how it crowds out a lot of foreign cinema, like Korean cinema, Nollywood, Bollywood, um, Spanish cinema, as just like bad in terms of just quality wise, but ignoring like the cultural relevance of those type of films. I think it's very hard to say, you know, there's such a thing as a bad film if you're only going by that criteria. As mentioned, you might have not found the perfect film criteria. And if that comes out and it's very inclusive, then I think we'd have to have the conversation again. And if you watch Black AF, they did a really, really good episode about this. I think it was episode five. Definitely check it out. They spoke about some of the things we spoke about. I mean, it came out after we spoke about it. They probably spoke about it before, but it just shows that it was a good conversation. So definitely check it out. Everyone who's got two brain cells to rub together knows that Drake has the Midas touch. That's not what we're asking you for. What we're asking for is more. Not more, oh, I can make a song and it can chart and it will do well. We want more of what makes you, you. Break the freaking mold. We're at a point right now where the market is oversaturated. Give me something I don't have. The same way you did with Take Care. Is Drake still timeless or just trendy blessing and damity were bringing like a lot of fire they were saying a lot of good things but a lot of wild remarks drake could do things that jay-z hasn't i was just like huh for rap for actual rap it was an emotional roller coaster when she said i want more i was like hmm is this actually is this actually fair drake has scored the most u.s chart hits ever like that's that's above mj madonna uh, Beyonce, Elton John, like against everyone. You can't tell me that that legacy is not timeless. I do wish he would stop diluting it with wishy-washy music, but in terms of that legacy, I cannot take that away from like, that guy. I cannot. So that was what won it in the end, but it was it was a great debate. Like everyone was obviously really passionate and um, it was sort of like a three-way debate. I was less in the middle. It was like I was representing like a whole nother side. I don't know what exactly that side was, but I was just like, Drake has done bits. Like he's done numbers and I don't think any amount of Tootsie Slide could take that away. And the annoying thing about Tootsie Slide is, man, I can't lie. I actually had to run that song up a couple a couple more times than I would have liked to. It's actually very catchy. 
there's a limited amount of ideas within the world currently that actually work we're not going to be like stop the party drake didn't write this i'm not dancing to it does the c in creative stand for copycat what what this honestly is just how protective i am over my own ideas especially as a creative like coming up with things especially in this world where things are saturated is really hard and so i think that to to see that and to copy it is a bit like what are you doing i was actually having a conversation with someone and he was asking if ideas run people or if people run ideas and i said ideas without people are sort of like formless so i think it goes people first and ideas then if you like say take one idea and another idea you mess that together is that copying and my answer to that is that if you can tell from that like baby of those two ideas that it's so obviously came from one idea and another then that's copying if i see a red shoe and i see a nike and i now make a red nike and i sell it as a completely different brand like that is copying but if you like take inspiration from these two things to the extent that that final product that final baby looks so different you know that is a way of innovating so i'm very much a a fan and an advocate of inspiration but copying i find is so lazy and so i feel like if you're just out here copying then i don't think you can call yourself a creative i don't think you should be using that name for yourself find something else, just just call yourself a copycat. On a side note, this is low-key, not my issue, but sometimes when I see podcasts that talk about topics, so like trending topics, so say the Will and Jada situation, if I tune into your podcast and all your opinions are from Twitter, why would I watch your podcast when I could just read it on Twitter? So that's not to say you can't talk about this topic because everyone else has, but please find something new or use it to like inspire a new topic, like a new springboard about like open relationships in your life or the concept of relationship as a whole, whether monogamy is outdated, those sort of things. But if you're literally just analyzing Will and Jada's situation based on your Twitter tweets, then why on earth would I tune into that? That's boring to me. So... I went on a bit of a tangent there. There was That was not directed at anyone. That's not a blank shot. But I just feel like as a creative, man, you've got to be innovating constantly. If you're struggling, then broaden your horizon of inspiration. There's enough out there that you don't need to be copying if you're meant to be doing this, in my opinion. I know you mentioned like com. I don't know how to pronounce it, but you need a bit more in your in your throat. It's from the back of your throat. See, I'm not about to do that on mic, but <laughs> you guys get what I mean. Why can't it just be Nigerian music? And but like you Nigerian have music a little you know, bit like Niger beats. <laughs> yeah, but not necessarily. I wouldn't know. Like why? Like you wouldn't say UK beats. You wouldn't say US beats. You just say beats. <laughs> Should Afrobeats be renamed Niger Beats? So in this episode, I didn't actually technically crown Faye Kemi the winner, but I also did realise when I listened back that she low-key did win because I said, you know, the name Niger Beats isn't really the answer. But at the end of the day, I did also ask the wrong question. I feel like it should have been like, you know, should Afrobeats just be returned? And I feel like we all would have said yes. It was just not the returning to Niger Beats. So I feel like in a way, they both won and they both lost because I asked the wrong question. Niger Beats as a name doesn't solve all the issues, but further clarification, I think, does. Because we're also seeing with these this UK Afrobeats chart that came out, it's pretty much just every black UK artist that's being put into that chart that's not what afro beats is you know like what really is uk afrobeats so i just think that all these names are getting like even more and even more confusing so i don't think the names are the answer 
but I don't think Nigel Beats will necessarily solve all those issues. So as I said, they both won and they both lost. The personal is political. What's happening in the home, what's happening like on the way to work, all of it, like all of it literally adds up to like the same system. All of it um, reinforces the same idea of, you know, patriarchy, white supremacy and all of that. Because of that side to it, the harm from black men towards black women, it sort of feels inescapable. If I'm black and I'm in a Western country, I can go back home. I wouldn't receive like direct racism, if you get what I mean. But if I'm like, say, home in a Nigerian home, I'm still receiving those gender roles and all of that. It's sort of like wherever you go, you cannot escape it. And that's why there's an element that it could be sort of worse because it's inescapable. I Uncle Tom versus Karen was a lot less of a debate, but it was more the guests, I guess, bringing their perspectives, being a white woman, being a black man, on how they feel that they could do harm to a black woman and me sort of assessing that. And I feel like in that conversation, it just highlighted to me the proximity that I feel like I am to receiving harm from black men as a black woman. It was the proximity that really pushed it over the edge. But that could definitely change based on where I grew up, who I surround myself with. It was just my personal experience, which I think as I said in the debate, as I will keep on saying, the most important voice in a conversation about black women is black women. And I was not speaking for black women, I was just speaking for me personally, so. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.